rest mode in it. All right. Um, Ooh. That was a cute little noise. Like a D-drop. You can do that. I can't do well, that. Well, what a nice start to our smooth jazz podcast. No, Welcome. I wish. Yeah. If only. I wish we all talked like that all the time, like we were doing Ooh. ASMR. Feel so Welcome good. to our smooth... Hello. <coughs> I can't Hello. even sustain... <coughs> oh, God. Hello. That voice. <laughs> where we whisper <laughs> like this. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. ASMR. You don't like it? No. You don't like it? No. It's like... Yeah, that's my Stop. fucking fingernails in the glass, honey. I'm <laughs> yeah. drinking some water. Yeah, honey. Sounded like plastic to me. It is plastic. Because <laughs> it's plastic. It's fantastic. I have plastic cups only in this household. I break everything. That's not true. I have glass. I own glasses. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> I chose the plastic one that is shaped like a Coca-Cola glass. I like those. They're cute. I also have the tiny itty bitty ones. Itty bitty tiny Coke glasses, but I those are a, glass. I wanted a lot of water. They're too small. A lot of water. A lot of water. A lot of water. It's a lot of water. Hey. Hello. Are, how are the... Are we leveled? The levels. Vaguely, until somebody says something real funny. Uh, or someone yeah. yells. We all cackle like harpies. Accurate. Statement. I mean, you know. Or banshees. Pick one. Or both. I like <gasps> banshees. 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 Banshees? Banshees. Banshees. That's what they sound like. They scream. Banshees do. Yeah. I'm not talking about banshees today. It's okay. Are One you day. Are you? I mean, I, I, I regret choices that led up to me not talking about banshees more. Did you want to talk about banshees? Today? Well, no. That just came oh, okay. to me just now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I was like, banshees are a thing. Like, where did those come One day. <laughs> okay. Maybe one, maybe next week. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm bringing to, to the table Are you banshees. bringing banshees today? I know. Somehow I doubt that. It's <laughs> accurate. I'm going to guess murder. Unless they were involved in a brutal homicide, probably not going to cover banshees. <laughs> that they're making uh, yes. La Llorona into... I yes, I did see I'm, that. I'm very... I'm, I didn't see the trailer, but I saw that they were doing that. I saw the trailer. It's also the same guy who made Insidious. Insidious Short. Condren. Are those the same pe- peoples? Yeah, James Wan, I think. Cool. This is... This is... This is... You know? Yeah. But I'm excited for it, and I want to see it very bad. Sam? Can we go together as a podcast? Yes. Sure. Okay, now let's do the podcast. It's your turn to introduce. <laughs> it is? Yeah. Okay. Hi. 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 And welcome to our 51st episode of the podcast. Wow. Can you believe this shit? No. It's not a singing musical podcast. Yeah. It should be. It kind of is. But yeah. it <laughs> is a true crime, cryptid, paranormal activity. Paranormal activity? Paranormal activity. Not the movie, but like... Just Activity general, of the paranormal. Yeah, that. Sure. And weird events, catastrophes, you name it. Shit that you can't believe. We're here today with Dominic. Hello. I love you. Oh. I love you with Zoe. Hi. Hi. And with Lydia. Hi. Hello. Hi. And go. No more love? No. Wait, who go? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And then you go. The order. <laughs> I haven't put a lot of thought into this. Okay. But I'm just going to go with it. Okay. Lydia can start. We'll go Dominic next. Mm. And Zoe, you can finish it up. Okay. Cool? Yeah. Happy. <laughs> yes. Okay, are you guys ready? Probably mm-hmm. not. Probably not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. This one gets a little gory. Ooh. What do you got? Trigger warning gory. I'm going to just say that in the beginning. But so, okay. I'm. <laughs> have you ever heard of Phineas Gage? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Then this is going to be a well-known one. But uh, for those of you who don't know, Phineas Gage is a dude who got impaled through the head. Mm-hmm. Goals. And walked away from it. <laughs> Uh, among among other things, <laughs> but anyway, among some other. So <laughs> he was born on July 9th, eighteen twenty three. Cancer. Yes, mm. he was. <laughs> he was one of five children and was noted as being strong, tall, and handsome. Um, wow. A, like doctor, like was quoted in one of his reports saying he's got he has a, had an iron will and an iron frame, <laughs> uh, which is like I guess doctors back then were just like. Flirty with the iron. patients. Borderline, like... <laughs> and an iron bar through the face. Well, that was later. Um, but, you know. Anyway. I so. had to jump on it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, he was an easygoing, like, kind-hearted temperament of a man. Um, when he was 25, he started working for a railroad. And soon became a blasting foreman. Okay, because when they were building ra- railroads back then, like, nature was in the way. So they, uh. like, had, like, boulders and shit that they had to blow up so they could make room for the tracks. Um, and the way that they did that is by, like, boring deep holes into the boulders and, like, shoving dynamite in them as deep as they could so it would blow that shit up. But they also needed to, like, pack shit into those holes so the blowback wouldn't just, like, come back and, like, not really destroy. It had to, like, be focused inside the the rock. Mm -hmm. So they'd pack sand and, like, clay or dirt. And they did that with something called a tamping iron. Mm. Okay? It was, like, a long... Yep, it was tamp, tamp, tamp. (laughs) It was a long, sharp iron rod that they, like, jammed in the hole after the dynamite. And they were, like, tamp, tamp, tamp. Uh, Anyway, so on September 13th, 1848, Phineas was performing his task to destroy some rocks um, near Cavendish, which I think is New New Hampshire. But anyway, so as the story goes, Gage was working on the railroad, getting ready to blow up a boulder. um, Uh. And he turns his head behind him and opens his mouth to say something to some workers behind him. When the tamping iron hit a rock the wrong way, caused a spark, and the explosives went off. And the tamping iron shot like a bullet straight through his head, like actually coming up through his jaw, behind his cheekbone, behind his left eye, and then through his skull. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Great. And it kept going, by the oh, way. Oh, wow. It's not, it wasn't like lodged in there. Uh, it, like launched through and like landed 80 feet away with like brain matter on it. So he just had a hole in his head? He didn't even have a pole in his head? Yeah. He had a hole in his head, not a pole in his head. He had a pole in his head and then it was just a hole in his head <laughs> after that. But so uh. the rod was... Wait, so it didn't have like a, like a, like a tamp, tamp, tamp on the bottom? No. It, it was, was just, just a rod. Thin and sharp. Oh. oh. Yeah. I was picturing it as like a, like a flat... Like a like a nail? like a stand like a mic stand. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, but like with a flat circle on the bottom. No, is like tamp, a so you tamp, like, tamp, tamp. like half a javelin. Jesus, okay. yeah. So it was one and one fourth inches in diameter, three foot and seven inches long, and about thirteen pounds. 
That's about the size. I mean, the weight of three. Oh my God. It was going through his head for three feet. Yeah. Three feet? Three feet. Three three feet and seven inches. So like three and a half. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it had exploded with such force it threw the air, landed about 80 feet away, covered in blood and brains. I already said that. Anyway. Do you feel that? Does he, did he feel that? Yes. Like the immediate, like the, the I mean, actual. I mean, honestly, he took it pretty well. Like uh, he convulsed a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> but then he sat back up and was talking to his fellow workers. And he could, you know, for, after a few minutes, he no. could walk with some help. Did he, he know what had happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was cognizant. He like. He was like, that pole just went through my he's head. He's like, oh my God. Go get it. Like, <laughs> um, anyway, so. Bring my brain back. What happened to the guy next to the rock that blew up? Did he die? No, the, the, he was the closest one to the rock. Right. Oh. So I thought you he said was somebody tamping. else was doing the tamping. No, he was doing the tamping. He turned around to talk to some like other workers who were like a ways behind him. Yeah. And they wasn't paying attention and he got tamped. Whoops. <laughs> you got tamped. You've been tamped. You've been tamped. You got you got tamped. Anyway, doctor, he's been tamped. Um <laughs> so <laughs> So they took him to an ox cart and drove that ox cart to the town that they were staying at. And he was able to actually sit up in the ox cart. And I imagine that was a bumpy ride, which is disgusting. What year is this again? 1848. Oh. oh. Jesus Christ. Many Christ. Yes. Yeah. So they get to the town they were staying at. They get to the hotel. They just literally sit him in a chair outside of the inn and call the doctor. Oh, um, no. Edward H. Williams was the doctor. He rolls up, and from his carriage, he can see Gage sitting out of the hotel with the gaping brain injury. Um. And the first thing that Gage says to him is, quote, Doctor, here is business enough for you. Uh, I got it. Uh, um, and you can't make a joke like that when you are now making this man deal with the giant hole in your head. I mean, I think you can. You can do whatever you want. I God. guess you can because you're <laughs> your not dead. Exposed man. to the open air. Oh my God. Um, do you feel that? I mean, I have a lot of no. He's just okay. So like the doctor is like the the words the doctor used was like pulsating exposed brain. Who? Um, so as he was examining the wound. Gage is just sitting there explaining to bystanders on the street how this fucking iron rod straight through his like head. Oh, and they loved it. And they're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and the doctor's like, listening to the story, he's like, I don't believe this. This guy's deceived. He's wrong. He's full of shit. This did not happen. Like, and the doctor standing over his open wound. Well, he's like, like he's like, this is not how he got this injury. There's no way a rod flew through his head. <laughs> like, and he's still alive. Like, and he's still alive. A this is also first seven inch camping rod. God. So, I mean, this doctor, this is probably before they like had the total trick to all the different ways to like behave as a doctor, but maybe not being like, nope, you're wrong to this guy because he's like started to get upset and he was like, no, I did. It did happen. You don't think the bedside manner of doctors was great in the 1840s? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Because he was ex- examining his hole in his head and he's like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. And like Gage is like, no, this happened. And then he actually stood up and he vomited. Uh. Watch out for this next part. Causing a half teacup of brain matter to just slop out of his head onto the ground. I was wondering if it just falls out. It just slopped. It's just a half teacup. Uh-huh. What kind of a measurement? Did they just go get a teacup? Did it fall into <laughs> a teacup? It, I'm going to have to say it's a, it's a rust 
rough, rough estimate, but yes, they did put it in a teacup because I can't get that mental image out of my head and that happened. Anyway, no, they didn't. Okay, so yeah. They might have. I mean, they could have. Who's to say they didn't put the do- it in the a other, teacup? The other doctor was drinking a cup of coffee. And, then and it fell <laughs> Slopped the coffee all oh out. Yep. So after that, another doctor joined the treatment, Dr. John Martin Harlow. Um, Gage's wounds were cleaned. Some of the bones were actually put back together as best they could from the top of his skull. And they actually had to like leave the holes sort of uh, open for drainage. Uh, um, gross. But anyway, so according to Harlow's reports, for the first few days, Gage's mind was clear, but there was some constant agitation in his legs. They were like always like fiddling and like pumping and just moving around. And he's he, the Gage was quoted saying he does not care to see his friends because he'll be back to work soon anyway. It's everything's fine. Okay, so as with common, common with uh, brain trauma, Gage suffered some huge personality shifts where he used to be like, like, you know, pretty intelligent and like even tempered and kind. He saw like a significant decrease in, decrease in his intellectual. Wow, that's not a word. <laughs> intellectual. There we go. Uh, faculties. He occasionally would become really rude and aggressive to his friends, actually more than occasionally. Uh, occasionally he would be uttering obscenities under his breath that like shocked his friends and family. But despite all this, he bounced back physically pretty quickly and was like ready to go back to work. And he got fired from his old job when he went back and was like, hi, I'm back. And they're like, nope, we don't want you, Mr. Brain Spike, man. No, thanks. We're going to go ahead and pass on you. Go away. Is it possible that he's just being a dickhead because he can? I mean, like, I just got a fucking oh, man. rod through my head. I can say anything I want. I mean, maybe. That's like, what I would do. He was also kind of forgetful. Um, his mom said that she didn't really notice much of a difference, <laughs> which I Ooh. thought was interesting. Well, doesn't that just speak volume? Maybe he just hated his friends and was finally like, fuck you guys. Y'all, yeah. y'all are like, dicks. I've gotten a lot of perspective on everything. I thought I was going to die. There was a huge hole in my head. I just don't care for any of these people. I so. mean, trauma changes people. I mean, yeah, maybe it's that. Or and maybe it's that his, brain trauma. the top of his head looked like a funnel. What? <laughs> Why would you say that? When when the doctor found him. A funnel? Like a cone of his brain was gone. Oh. Yeah. Did they fill back up with, um, I don't Mayonnaise. knowledge? <laughs> Not knowledge. Dictionary. Sand and I mean, clay. I guess they just like. Sand and clay. Yeah, they tamped it down. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> I'm upset. You said it. I did say it. You regretted it. You I didn't did even finish saying it before you didn't wish you said it. <laughs> um, so he also became like really impatient and sort of whimsical and just like <laughs> constantly like pursuing just like these like grand schemes, but like he would not be like, he would just, he'd be thinking of them and then he'd be like onto the next one already before he did anything. Yeah. No, um, yeah. Me. <laughs> I, right. I don't, is, did I get a, a tube through my head? Is that what my problem is? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Is that my new um, diagnosis? But so, I mean, he essentially what he ended up doing for the rest of his life was being a carriage driver and a drunk. Um, <laughs> At the same time? Yeah. <laughs> it was the 1840s. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was a carriage driver by day and a drunk by night and early morning. Who knows? 
But I do know that he died about 10 years after the accident from a seizure believed to be related to that trauma. Sure. Probably. Um, but yeah, so it's just one of those crazy things that humans can just come back from, like getting shot nine times or eaten by a whale. I don't know. You know I'd like to fact check that second one. <laughs> Listen, I did go to Catholic school, but like <laughs> beyond that, <laughs> no, there actually was, there was a man, a, there eaten, was by a man a whale? Was eaten by a sperm whale. It's really short though. It's like this dude got ate by a whale and cause he was a, a whaler with his whaler crew and then his whaler crew killed the whale and then pulled he him like out. crawled out. Uh, he was in there for like 48 hours though. Oh <laughs> my God. So wait, his crew, his crew, hunted the whale for 48 hours because it ate their man i mean i don't know i didn't fully research it that was well, about it. did not that was about it it wasn't that much but anyway. yeah that was phineas gage wow. uh, another miracle of medical what huh i mean did they what didn't did the really, doctors really do they didn't really him? do much did they? <laughs> i mean they they put like a cold like compress on his head. <laughs> Did they stitch him up? They, or no. Or later, they, maybe? Yeah, later. They put his skull back together as best they could because there were still skull fag- fragments like in there. They uh, was washed what, like glue? The tape? Tape. Oh. Scotch tape. Oh. The clear one for Christmas wraps. Scotch wasn't even around yet. Yeah, he was. He was there. He was there. Scotch himself. They what had about to call duct- on the great Scotch tape to... <laughs> Mr. Tape. He oh he also lost um, vision Pilgrim. in his left eye, the one that the rod went behind. Oh, I, would, I was gonna yeah. ask about that. Yeah, yeah. And then I forgot to yeah. do that. I forgot to say it. It's okay. Like immediately or over time? I think it was over time actually. Really? Yeah. There was actually a lot of other really really gross stuff about the treatment. Like he got this really nasty fungal infection like yeah. in his brain that pushed through his eye. It was really fucking gross, and I could barely stand to read it, let alone. Explain it to another person. Like I (laughs) thank you. It was really thanks. Sorry for even giving you a little bit of it, but but it was worse than it was worse than that. It was worse. If turn to the Wikipedia article if you want the disgusting details. They're difficult to read. I still might. I mean, I might also do that (laughs) if I remember to do it. I'm gonna do it. But yeah, it was a shorty but a cutie. Love it. Um, if you took psychology, you probably have heard of it before. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. think every one of us has, but um, I still am glad I told it. I got him confused with the man who got the hook through his head and that was still there. Oh, hook man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hook man. Do you know, I think it maybe went through his eye or something, but yeah. it was like full man. hook, like through in, in head. And he Man, was fine. Car, I got hand. this confused <laughs> with an episode of House where, where two characters were like, pulled together like there was a pole going through both of them what well, happened couldn't be separated i don't know i think one of them had to die for the other one to live i don't remember <laughs> but they became unlikely friends uh, i was re-watching house but i stopped because it's very problematic <laughs> oh i bet it's so problematic really yeah like i would stop an episode and i was like fine i'll go to the next one stop it again go to the next one i was like I'm, I'm like it was like three in a row we're like gotta go it would just like it would reach this point. They would say something. And I'm like, no. Sure. What year is it? 2005. Yeah. Yeah. There's entire episodes of SVU where you're like, oh, was it, is this what's happening right now? <laughs> Very that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> rough. 
Can you believe this shit? Well, can you believe this shit? No. No? No. Well, no. So if you ever feel like getting tamped, just know <laughs> you could probably survive it. Uh, if you probably or like maybe. Maybe. Okay. It's been done before. Disclaimer, we are not personally liable for anyone harmed. Trying to tamp. Trying to tamp. <laughs> no tamping alone. Woo, come on, tamp it. <laughs> we do not endorse any tamping. Come on and tamp. don't tamp it. That's, but also, buy my new hit single. Tamp it. Tamp it. Tamp it up. Tamp it. Tamp it up. Anyway, that's it. Thanks. Thanks. Are you ready? Yeah. Ooh. Oops. Boots. Are you ready, Boots? Anyway. Okay. So we're <gasps> going to start with the family. Was the Are You Ready, Boots? Was that the song that they played at Waco? Please. Boots, boots are made for walking. walking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was it. Okay. Thank you. That's just it. God. Sorry. <laughs> to stop you immediately. I feel, to take me back to Waco. I feel derailed. <laughs> I feel attacked. Waco's my nom. I still wasn't there. Um. Uh. <laughs> The Dunbar family. It's not that like starting with a family is a bad place to start. Mm-hmm. It's just that it doesn't end well. <laughs> like ever. So there's Lessie, Percy, Maury, Robert or Bobby, Maury, Bobby. Lessie, Bobby. Maury. <laughs> you gotta name one girl Lessie. You gotta name another one Maury. Lessie's the mom. <laughs> Maury. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Twelve years later, I got the joke. I'm sorry. I was spelling it as Maury, like Maury Povich. in my head, and I was like, "Yes, that's also a name." No, it was good. I'm just slow today, apparently. Uh, and okay, and Alonzo. So Leslie, Percy, Bobby, and Alonzo. Dunbar, and they're from Appaloosas, Louisiana. Appaloosas. 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 Okay. I don't know. It's like Appalachia, only different. Yep. <laughs> Maybe. So it's August 23rd, 1912. The Dunbars decided to take a fishing trip to Swayze Lake in Louisiana, which is apparently infested with alligators. <laughs> but they were like, we got it. So Family fishing fun. for alligators was my question. Were they? Who knows? I feel like that's a very... You don't call it a fishing trip. It's a hunting trip. You don't fish for alligators. A hunt wrestle. Like, it's not like you throw in, like, a fishing rod and the alligator's like, yum, 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 and then you, you like, reel them in real easy and... You well, gotta wrestle Because alligators can't breathe on land, but crocodiles can. Alligators um, can breathe on land. You got that backwards, I think. Fucking... I think they all can breathe on land. Yeah. But also. alligators live in the water. And crocodiles don't. Maybe other way. No, I think it's that. the other way. It has around. nothing to do with that. Oh, <laughs> do they have their eyes somewhere out different on their head? They yeah, got skinny it's, um, beaks. It's jaw shape, like almost entirely. Is the difference between alligators and clo- crocodiles? Not their eyeballs. That's they're, it. Crocodiles yeah. got skinny beaks. So they're, they're, they're like the same. And which ones are in Florida? Look like mm, both. Alligators. I, I went on a boat trip to meet either one of those. How about I look it up? Meet? Well, not to like meet them with my hands, but like to <laughs> drive past them and be like, oh, look at all those. They hiss. They're like, dial gators. If, they, if you find babies, you gotta go. Like, you, you, can't, you can't be there. <laughs> the mom is gonna come get you. She's gonna get Like, ya? she's watching. She's always with an eyesight and she will get the boat. Like, they were like, full disclosure, don't. 
if you see a baby alligator, like that's not cute. Like you got, we gotta go. <laughs> I found it, Sam. It literally says the difference between alligators and crocodiles is snout shape. Alligators have a wider, have wider U-shaped snouts, while crocodiles are more more V-shaped. But then they equally live in water and land. Yeah, like together. Why are they different? Are they pals? It says yes. Why can't there just be They're two kinds of alligators? What? Why couldn't there just be two kinds of alligators? Why are they separate, you know? Like, if they're the same thing, but different snout-shaped? Well, maybe they're like... not exactly the same. Maybe they have different DNA strains. Ooh. Maybe Whatever. they're... Anyway, this is not about crocodiles. This is not it a crocodile might be. podcast. Anyway, um, that day, four-year-old Bobby disappeared from the lake. Oh. Depending on who's asking, in 1912, Bobby wandered off. Hmm. Someone looked down and he wasn't there, maybe. Also, maybe a full-grown man separate from the family was watching him and <gasps> lost him. What? Who? Do they know him? D- yeah. Like, do we have his, like, did the cops go talk to him and be like, hey, man, were you with the baby? In this version of the story. Yeah, um, 1912. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, uh, there's other families at the lake and he's just like an adult who's like watching all the kids while the... Yeah. G- the other parents get drunk, get blasted. Sure. 1912. What don't do you do? You don't watch your kids. own kids. Yeah. yeah. What's so an maybe alligator? That. But also, who knows? So once they remember that like Bobby exists and they like realize he's lost. Uh, They're like, oh, our kid. Oh, no. We should know where he's at. Bobby. Um, <laughs> where are you, Bobby? Bobby, baby. The Little Bobby, baby brown. Call the police. <laughs> They call the police, and the police get there. Uh, they get a search party together, and they search the whole lake trying to find Bobby. They even tore open alligator stomachs <gasps> and blew the lake up with dynamite, what? thinking Wait. that it would dislodge his body Wait. from the lake. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they said, best way to find the evidence... <laughs> Is to destroy the evidence. <laughs> Quite were, literally with explosives. Yes. But they were hoping they would like, oh, a hand. And then they would know for sure that it was yes. him when he was blown to bits and was not recognizable due to explosive damage. Uh-huh. Great. I love the 1900s. <laughs> Excellent police work. Also, how many animals did they kill by using dynamite in the lake? It wasn't mentioned Probably lots. Probably lots. A lot, yeah. This one time? They used tour open. Yeah. Tour open alligators. That's fucked up. I don't like that. I went to um, some 4th of July party, and people were throwing quarter sticks of dynamite at a turtle in the lake, and I was Why? like, I have to go now. What? It was, it was a friend. very small, and I was very oh, unhappy. No. Why were you at a party where people had quarter sticks of dynamite? Oh, wait. I am... <laughs> White, God, and trash. God, can you just get dynamite? Yeah. Uh, Whose party? Yeah. I forget. When? Uh, just one of those I've parties with before. the dynamite. I was real little. I don't oh, know where the fuck. Real I was. little? Like real? Like little. a baby? Yeah, like a baby. Oh my god. God. So when the the blowing up of the lake and the alligator tearing didn't work, uh, they found a set of bare footprints leading to a railroad trestle out of the swamps. I have a question. Yes. Barefoot, bare feet, like, like, like the animal or barefoot, (laughs) like the wine. (laughs) Or like, like the wine, like a person footprint. 
Oh, yeah, that too. I have many questions. <laughs> yeah, like bare feet. Yeah. Prince. Like the prince of bears. N- no. <laughs> it was so it was a bear. <laughs> Human feet. No shoes. Child? Prince. Adult? Adult? I mean, you got to know. If it's yeah, a tiny 4-year-old boy footprint. Say they're 4-year-old or not. Or a grown-ass adult man. Probably a man, because some inhabitants said that they saw a strange man wandering around those parts. Without shoes? It's a beach. It's a lake. It's an alligators. It's alligators. It's, a, it's a alligators. <laughs> it's a alligators with no <laughs> shoes? You need them. They bite. Hey, uh, man. Well, <laughs> would you rather walk around alligators with shoes or not? If you got to run. Are you wearing alligator shoes? Yes. yes, alligator boots. Are you wearing your Crocs? <laughs> they don't bite you if you're wearing Crocs. That's a proven scientific fact. <laughs> it shows that you're on their side. We're also not liable for people wearing Crocs. Get and getting bit by alligators. I'm completely liable. I open myself up to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Redacted. <laughs> so they thought their uh, kid was kidnapped because they saw a strange man wandering around parts bare feet you know what it's 1912 there's no police work done i mean they thought a lot of things they thought dynamite was the way to find the kid (laughs) (laughs) at this point they blew up they're like okay didn't find any dislodged body parts so he must have been kidnapped why was the kidnapped first Well, because the first assumption when you lose a child near a lake and no one saw him get kidnapped is that the kid just drowned you know and dynamite yeah. is the answer. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Not like a net. Not like, oh, I guess they don't have like x-ray equipment. It's 1912. Like a snorkeling team. Yeah. To, like, God. Like, that's easy. It, but alligators. Murky. So they had to blow it up? So bring a harpoon. Murky. Uh, dynamite's more effective. <laughs> uh, so the townsmen got together and managed to to raise a $1,000 reward for the one who would return Bobby, no questions asked. That's a lot of money. Is it In 1912 money, yeah. I didn't look up the... It's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. In the upper hunt. No, yeah. Like, tens of thousands. Bobby's father, Percy, hired a detective agency to print up postcards with Bobby's picture and send them to town and county officials from uh, East Texas to Florida to, uh, like, further investigation. A thousand dollars in 1912 is apparently about 25 grand now. Yeah. Sick. I want that. So, the following description was printed on the postcard. I'm sorry. I was going to make a joke about only that much for kidnapping a kid. I deserve more. I did the work. How how much was JonBenet? Uh, oh, very specific number. Like I should. I don't know. Or Sixteen, whatever. I don't know. Here's a six. Um, yeah. Same amount as his Christmas bonus. Yes. Yeah. So the following description was printed on the postcard uh, for Bobby: large, round, blue eyes, hair light but turning dark, complexion very fair with rosy cheeks, well developed, stout but not very fat, a big well toe. Well developed. On, <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> Dummy thick. <laughs> That's what it means. I hate that. A big toe on left foot badly scarred from burn when a baby. 
Wait, what? Can you say that sentence again? A big toe on left foot, badly scarred from burn when a baby. Okay. Got burnt. I thought I heard the word bird in there. Burn. I was like, a big scar from when his big toe got gotten by a bird when he was a baby. <laughs> Scooped right up. They just ate it. The John Bonet ransom price was oh my $118,000. God. Yes. Thank you, Sam. Yes. You're welcome. No six. And 68 cents. <laughs> The disappearance of Bobby Dunbar made headlines across the U.S., but uh, nothing really came of the investigation. Uh, that's it. Just kidding. Until eight months <laughs> later, in April of 1913, investigators received a letter from the town of Hub, Mississippi. There. We got your boy. They had detained a man named William Cartwell Walters. Barbara Walters' grandfather. Oh! <laughs> who was... Uh, <laughs> Seen traveling with a boy that matched Bobby Dunbar's description. So, William was a handyman, and he claimed that the boy was actually Charles Bruce Anderson, the son of a woman who worked for his family, Julia Anderson, and that she had given him custody of Bruce. They call him Bruce. So, authorities were like, that's bullshit. You kidnapped uh-huh. Bobby Dunbar. We gotcha. And he was promptly arrested. Uh-huh. So, they sent for the Dunbars to come to Mississippi to identify the boy. Again, newspaper accounts differ with regard to the initial reaction between the boy and the Dunbar family. One account indicated that the boy immediately shouted, Mother, upon seeing him, seeing her, and then the two embraced. Okay. That's one. Another one said that the boy only cried and quoted Leslie Dunbar as saying that she was unsure whether or not he was her son. How are you not sure? Like, I get it on the kid's perspective. Like, you're four years old and traumatized. You were just kidnapped. But, like... As a parent. As a anyone, I would recognize someone I spent four years every day with if they were gone for, like, a little bit. I mean, hey, kids are, like... They look alike, dude. Yeah. Valid. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recognize someone else's four-year-old. <laughs> But mine? <laughs> fair. Genuine, genuinely fair. And then other newspaper accounts quote both of the Dunbars as having initial doubts as to the boy's identity. Oh. So the next day, after bathing the boy, Leslie Dunbar said she positively identified his moles and scars and then was certain that he was her son. <laughs> <laughs> What? Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> called her Lizzie Dunbar. <laughs> called her Lizzie Dunbar. Lizzie Dunbar. It's Lessie, is it not? Let's. Lessie. I like Lessie. <laughs> Lessie. <laughs> it's just, I was like, is it Lizzie? <laughs> no. It's like slightly different. <laughs> oh. Oh, so Whoa. Lesbian Dunbar uh, <laughs> said that she, yep, after you, you bathe a random four-year-old that may or may not be your son. So they 
took him home. They brought him back to Appaloosas, and they welcomed him to a parade with much fanfare celebrating his homecoming. And everyone else was like, great, that's that kid. Yep. Cool. And the kid was like, great, I'm home. Hi, I'm here. No quotes from the kid. Well, four-year-old. <laughs> they can talk, Did right? children not have rights in the early no. 1900s, maybe? No. <laughs> Do you think that might be the problem? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but shortly thereafter, Julia Anderson of North Carolina arrived to argue that Bobby was actually her son, Bruce. Uh, she was like, you stole my kid from me. <laughs> I'd like him back now. Please. My fucking child. Wait. <laughs> So, Julia was unmarried and worked as a field hand for William Walter's family. She uh, said that she had allowed William to take her son only for what was supposed to be a two-day trip to visit one of the Walter's relatives and had not consented for Walter's to take her son for more than a few days, although now she had not seen him in 13 months. And so, they got both of the moms in front of the judge and they said, we'll cut him in half. <laughs> oh, my God. And one's like, Yeah! <laughs> I'll take the top part. <laughs> oh, fun. Not fun. <laughs> Who does this child belong to? Well, according to newspaper accounts, Julia Anderson was presented with five different boys who were of the same approximate age as her son. They just found them. Bring them off the streets. <laughs> Bring a lineup, including the boy who had been claimed by the Dunbars. Uh, they did a kid lineup? Yes. Oh, my God. Pick your kid. You get to keep what you no know, take backsies. <laughs> Did you do it? Well, when the boy in question was presented, he reportedly gave no indication that he recognized her. And she looked at him and was like, Is this the boy you found? And oh. they were like, What? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and she was like, well, I don't know. She was unsure. Shut up. What is with these people <laughs> not recognizing their own children? Well, he's been gone for a year. I guess. At that kid's age, really quickly. Yeah, remember like the movie The Changeling? Nope. Yes. What? Is it? I can't stop thinking yes. about Changeling. Just Changeling? Great. Give me back my son! Yeah. I want my son back! <laughs> uh, I love that movie. It's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> One time she hits her head in a courtroom. She, like, thumps it. Don't. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, man. Uh. <laughs> Ooh. Um. So, she said she was unsure. But uh, upon seeing the boy the next day, when she was allowed to undress him, uh, uh. she was convinced that the boy was indeed her son, Bruce. The, Wait. the wording of that is questionable. So they gave uh-huh. up. They were like, you're not sure this is your kid. So here Come he is. Come back tomorrow and try again. Come back tomorrow and you can take his clothes off. And yeah, and decide, are, are you the mother? No, it's not. Because he didn't. No, no. These children should not be getting undressed. Oi, mister, you me dad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so she was like, "Yeah, this is my son Bruce." But however, the word had already spread about her failure to positive p- 
positively identify him on the first attempt. This, combined with the fact that newspaper questioned her moral character in having had three children, the other two deceased by that point out of wedlock, led to... They were deceased out of wedlock? (laughs) (laughs) They were killed for being out of wedlock? Sorry, that was in parentheses. (laughs) Oh, okay. Deceased, comma... Also, they were born out of wedlock. <laughs> yes. Like most of the public dismissed her claims. So after a two-week trial, the court decided that uh, Bobby Dunbar was uh, Bobby Dunbar. Sorry, that the boy was what? Bobby Dunbar. They're like, you are the boy. You are Bobby Dunbar. Uh, hi, little boy. Yep. What's your name? Was that ever done? <laughs> You know, they weren't that smart back then. You know, by four years old, like, I knew my name, address, and phone number. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't have a home phone number, but, like, <laughs> no. bare minimum, the kid knows what people call him. <laughs> Oi! You know. <laughs> That's, that is probably all they ever said to him. <laughs> Oi, wait, street wait. rat! Oh, wait, we're in Louisiana. <laughs> no, it's still about right. Definitely accurate yeah. then. So the boy remained in the custody of the Dunbar family and lived out the remainder of his life as Bobby Dunbar. Uh, William Walters was sentenced to life in prison for kidnapping a child, but he was relieved after, released after two years because the town thought that enough time was spent on the case. They're like, you know what? Let's just forget about the case. Let's turn, Let's turn move over on. Let's all yeah. yeah. Let's wipe We're this over it. Clean. It's probably just like, get out of town. They weren't confident that they got the right guy. Yeah. They were just like, this feels bad. We don't know for sure. That's probably it, fully. Uh, Bobby grew up, married, had four children of his own, and died in 1966. With the name Bobby. Bobby. Like, nothing was wrong there. No. And he was like, great, like, I'm home with my family. Yep. Okay, well, good, then. Years after his death. Oh, Jesus. One of his granddaughters. <gasps> Why don't they just, they can't DNA. 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 Margaret Dunbar Cutright began her own investigation of the events, pouring through newspaper accounts, interviewing the children of Julia Anderson, who are alive or she had more children. Who knows? In 2004, Bob Dunbar Jr. consented to undergoing DNA tests to resolve the issue. The results show that Dunbar Jr. was not related by blood to his supposed cousin, the son of Alonzo Dunbar, who was the younger brother of Bobby Dunbar Sr. The real Bobby Dunbar was never found. What happens to the boy still remains a mystery. Oh, fuck. So did they steal him from that one woman then? Like, for sure? Like, I don't think they did any more DNA testing. Oh, my or, God. Yeah. Maybe oh they only consented to one DNA God. test. God, was she? Did she like just leave after they were like, yeah? Where would the? Was she just like ah? I think I read somewhere that uh, Bobby visited Julia Anderson sometimes, and I would just hang out or something. So. And she was like, "This is enough for me." I guess maybe My he had a better life. Be stolen. Who knows? Oh, what the fuck! <laughs> but also, it's 1912, so you're just like you know, you just lose kids, you lose. Horses, you lose houses, you lose jobs. Everything's just horrible. You lose your tampers. Yeah. Or you don't lose them and they go flying through your head instead. Oh, oh my God. That just reminded me something of my story. I'm so sorry. I forgot to tell you. Oh, no. He kept it the rest of his life. 
the, called it his like the rod. Yeah, he called it his like little friend. He <laughs> kept his tam tam. <laughs> kept his tam tam, <laughs> and then donated it to science after he did. Actually, he donated Definitely it to did. science at first, and then he was like, "Give it back." And they were like, <laughs> "And they couldn't say no." And they were like, "Okay." And then science took it back when he died. It has my DNA on it. It's a part of me. Uh, it went through his brain. It's technically part of his body now. I guess. That was Bobby Dunbar. Wow. Oh and not Bobby Dunbar. Uh, maybe. Was it? Definitely yeah, I not. It definitely, I guess it definitely, <laughs> decidedly was not Bobby Dunbar. But what if, like, his supposed cousin was, like, born out of wedlock by a man who, like, you know or what I mean? deceased out of wedlock. Like, what if there was, like, yeah, yeah, deceased <laughs> out of wedlock. Like, else went on. You know, like, like Alonzo was actually situations. kidnapped. <gasps> was it? Maybe Alonzo was the one who was kidnapped. <laughs> By the Dunbars. Was it his cousin on his mother's side or his father's side? It was a woman, a woman who was directly related to him that birthed the child, and not a man who was directly related to him that impregnated a woman who birthed the child. Correct. Specifically, that. What was the question? Family tree wise. Yes. Was the the child who was DNA tested as uh-huh. comparison mm-hmm. born to a woman who was also directly related to Bobby Dunbar? No. Then you can never be sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because yeah. who knows who birthed that child, who impregnated this woman? Right. Mm-hmm. Not to, not to like speak ill of this family. Well. But to speak ill of this family who definitely kidnapped someone's child and, and replaced their own child with someone else's kidnapped child. The police helped. The police was like, Fully, like your child was kidnapped. Uh, we'll kidnap another kid for you so you can have one. <laughs> we'll solve it. You're welcome. I look just like him. Case closed. Yeah. Another Shit's mystery there. solved. God. Can you believe this shit? No. Should I? Yes. Well. They did. It happened. Wow. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not right. It's just not right. It's just not right. I do not approve. Yes. Oh. Are y'all ready? I'm going <laughs> to shake it up. I'm not starting with an old-fashioned woman. <laughs> sh- 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 shake it up. A new-fashioned woman? Uh, yes, Uh, kind of. I have a case for you. We are starting in the year 2013. Oh, God. With not only a woman, but also two men. Oh. So here's our cast. Mark Waugh, a law student, 23 years old. Rahul Gupta. He's Mark's friend from high school. He's also an aspiring biomedical engineer. He's 24. And his girlfriend, Taylor Gould, a biomedical engineering graduate and current FDA physics researcher. Whose girlfriend? Rahul's or? Yes. Okay. Rahul's girlfriend, Taylor. R-A-H-U-L. I'm not mispronouncing the name Rahul. (laughs) To clarify. So... This story starts with a birthday gathering and afterward back to Taylor and Rahul's tiny studio apartment. Three, enter apartment. Two, exit. Which two? (laughs) We'll have to see. Uh, I guess technically they'll all eventually like exit, but Uh. one's going to be in a body bag. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, three, enter, two, leave. October 12th, 2013. Thunderdome. 
Exactly. Yes. <laughs> As I said before, all three of them go out drinking. It's Rahul's birthday. And so while they're out, they meet up with a college friend of Rahul's named Josh White. They bar hop a little bit. They go to like, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, there's just a character in this show I'm watching. His name is White Josh. So, ah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Josh and Raul go outside to smoke at one of the bars. Marijuana, <gasps> not cigarettes. And they leave Taylor inside with Mark. The devil's lettuce. So while they're outside, Josh tells Rahul that he thinks that Taylor is trying to flirt with him. And he's very uncomfortable about it. And he's like, you got to like, your, your girlfriend's coming on to me. Like, I don't want you to think that I'm like being inappropriate. I just need you to know. Meanwhile, inside, Taylor is telling Mark that she thinks Josh is flirting with her. And because it's her boyfriend's friend, she doesn't know how to respond. So the night goes fine despite those few things, or at least until they're three bars in, and Rahul decides to confront Josh about his trying to sleep with Taylor. <laughs> this quickly ends the night. Josh goes home alone, and the other three, Mark, Rahul, and Taylor, go back to Rahul and Taylor's apartment. They get there at 1.50 in the morning. They're caught on security camera entering the apartment building. Nothing unusual. They look like they're having a good time. They're just like super wasted, you know. Sure. I never understood bar hopping. Like no, s- sit down. Never <laughs> energy. <laughs> like where are you going? <laughs> what are you gonna get there that you haven't gotten here? They have the same drinks. Maybe like different bars have different specials or like events happening. If you're like going to more than one show. Or if you're going to meet right. people, you want a different batch of people. Uh, unless they're coming where I am, I'm not going there. They're like secondary locations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when they get inside the apartment, they all three take shots of vodka and then Rahul God. smokes some more weed. God. Then they sit down to play some video games. Video games. Which video games? You have to tell me. You didn't say. I'm a video game. Um, at about three twenty-five in the morning, (laughs) Taylor Gold calls nine one one. Only one hour and thirty-five minutes have passed since they got home. She's like "Mm, super vague. (laughs) I'm calling on the phone. Like she does not really tell much information on the phone call. Okay. Uh, like 911 says, do you need police, fire, or medical? And she says, um, police. Uh, my friend is, uh, I just, he's here and I need emergency right now. 911 is like, what's going on that you need the cops? What's happening? Taylor says, I don't know. 911 is like, why did you call 911? <laughs> what's happening? She goes, nothing. He, the 911 operator is this like woman with mm, uh, more patience than I would have had, but not much. Uh, <laughs> she goes, uh, you're not answering my questions, so I need to talk to someone who will. Taylor <laughs> says, what do you want me to answer for? And 911 says, I need to know why you called so I can send the correct help. Uh, she would like not answer. She would put the phone down and be like talking to Rahul in the background He's like yelling for her to call 911. It's this whole thing. 911 says the way that you've been answering questions, something's not right. Like you need to tell me what's up. It's not right. She eventually says, I need someone here. There's blood everywhere. 
911 goes, what do you mean there is blood everywhere? You're only now mentioning this. <laughs> you wanted the cops. Is someone injured? You know, like what What happened? Is this Carrie the musical? T- t- Taylor goes, I don't know what happened. No. Nah. 911 goes, who's bleeding? Taylor goes, I don't know. I just want someone here. Nine to ten minutes of this, like, going back and forth while the cops are on the way there. There's someone yelling in the background going, where the fuck is the fucking police? Taylor's like, I don't know. (laughs) At one point, she goes over to, like, touch or talk to the man in the background, and he shouts, get the fuck off of me, don't touch me. She goes, I didn't do anything wrong. And he's crying, no, I didn't do anything wrong, stop. What I assume is fucking asshole, but that's like a, a weird thing to yell at someone, whatever. So 911 is like, what's going on? Anyway, the cops show up. They knock on the door. Taylor runs on over to them. And she says, I don't know what happened. Can you tell me? <laughs> and they take her out into the hallway <laughs> and they put her in handcuffs and they're like, let's see what happened here. You wait here. You wait here. She's like super drunk. She's got blood on her, on her hands and arms and her legs and like kind of like on her shirt a little bit. And she like lets them in before they tie her up outside. (laughs) Um, It's dramatic. (laughs) They handcuff her. her. (laughs) Oh no. So inside Mark and Rahul are both laying on the ground. There's blood everywhere on both men, but Rahul is still alive. Mark is clearly not. He is laying in a lot of blood and he is covered with injuries. While Rahul had blood on his clothes, face and arms. He was also quote groaning, which is, yeah, but like for how long and like until they said something or like all the whole time, he probably thought that being found groaning on the ground, like, Oh, what has happened here? Something attacked both of us. <laughs> I'm a victim. And they were like, what? And he's like super drunk, but he does manage to say they were cheating. My girlfriend was cheating on me. My buddy and my girlfriend were cheating. I walked in on my buddy and my girlfriend cheating. I killed my buddy. That is a direct quote from the police report. And I don't know if that sounds like a 24-year-old college student, but it definitely sounds like a cop. <laughs> so I assume it's like a vague translation of what he said. I, 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 know, I know a 25-year-old who sounds like that. Who talks like that? Okay. Yeah. All right. He says buddy a lot and dude. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's just like they have names. <laughs> And, like, to say buddy, girlfriend, my buddy and my girlfriend, I killed my buddy. Like, it's very point or whatever. (laughs) It's weird. I don't doubt that he said it, but who knows? So he confesses right there. So case closed, podcast over. Great. No. The cops arrest both Taylor and Rahul and take them into the station. Uh, They're being held on reasonable suspicion, but they're not arrested. Which is, like, a whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut out my whole explanation on that. It's really a whole thing. There's not really case law on it. There's not really any rules, but sometimes if they think they know, it's like, like stop and frisk. Is that the time they have like, we have 48 hours to charge you. Or uh, something like that. Yeah. It's like, it's a Terry stop. Like you're being held on a reasonable suspicion uh-huh. and like they have you, but like, do they, but you know how you're always taught? Like, are you, am I arrested? Right. No, then I'm going to leave. Right. 
No. <laughs> it's not how it works. Apparently not. But like, when do you believe the cops and when are they lying to you? Never believe the cops. Call your lawyer anyway. <laughs> anyway. Can you be my lawyer? No, please call a real lawyer. <laughs> I don't know how to. They should be able to help. They should give you a paper that has a lawyer phone number on it, at least here. Call uh, 222 222. I don't plan on murdering. <laughs> Um, I do say if you have two, if you have three friends in a room and two of them are going to kill someone and one of those three people is a lawyer, you shouldn't kill the lawyer. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they killed the lawyer. <laughs> he was he was in law school. He was like, oh. like going to be a lawyer. <laughs> he was their ticket out of this. Idiots. So anyway, the scene of the crime was described as like a crazy bloodbath. Mark was clearly dead. There was enough blood to like, I don't know, like, <laughs> kill a man, <laughs> drown an elephant. To drown a man in the blood. Yeah. So the medical examiner later would find that there were six stab wounds and five cutting injuries. One stab wound punctured a lung. Another severed his jugular vein. So he would have been dead within a matter of minutes, but not immediately. The murder weapon, a kitchen knife, was found next to Mark's leg. I couldn't figure out if it was laying on the outside of him or on the side that was closer to Rahul, Mm -hmm. also laying on the ground. That information was not available to me. They also found that earlier in the night at the apartment, Mark had texted a friend from the bathroom saying, my night is becoming historically awkward and I'm about to gnaw my hand off so I can leave in the ambulance. (laughs) Jesus. There had been a huge struggle. Like there was blood all over the walls in the kitchen and in the living room. It was a studio. So like this, it's the same thing. Yes. The refrigerator is on the couch. Yes. Very small room to where you can't really walk in on your buddy and your girlfriend cheating because you're already in the room with them. Right. And also if someone were to like get killed in the apartment, you would see it. <laughs> like you, you don't have any like plausible deniability there on your witness There's status. There's only one room. Yeah. Like you were in the room or you were in the bathroom right. and you heard it. And then you weren't in the room. So you know, you didn't kill anyone, you know? So <laughs> the other person did it <laughs> anyway. Taylor's hair would eventually be found in the blood on the wall, on the knife, and also in Mark's hand. But her hair was also found everywhere in the whole apartment because she has long hair and she lives there. (laughs) So that's not really good evidence. Right. Yeah. It's not evidence at all. (laughs) So back at the station, Rahul was being detained in a holding cell. And unprovoked, he started yelling at the cop assigned to watch him. He said, please, sir, look, I fucked up. He tried to stab me, though. As well as, guy's a real dick. He tried to kill me and my family. He also screamed two or three times, I want a lawyer. Uh, He was not provided with a lawyer. Sure. Because he was in a holding cell and there was a man standing there like, my job is to not let him kill himself or someone else in this holding cell. I'm not going to get you a lawyer. And then 10 minutes later, two detectives moved him over to an interview room, read him his rights. And his response to his, like, would you like to waive your Miranda rights was, yes. When do I get to? And the detective cut him off with questioning. 
At no point from then on he ever again mentioned a lawyer. But he definitely asked for one. (laughs) But like, did he in the proper sense? (laughs) He answered questions. You know, he didn't say, I need my lawyer. Mm -hmm. I'm not answering questions. They were like, you good not getting a lawyer right now? And he said, yes. But then was probably most likely going to follow up with, when do I get to talk to my lawyer? Because he killed his lawyer friend and couldn't ask the lawyer when how this all worked. <laughs> he has no friends in law school. Ugh. Alive. Right? Well. So, from then on, he like freely spoke with the cops and answered all questions. Great. He started backing out of his earlier confession, denying yeah. everything from then on, telling them that he didn't remember killing his friend and that he didn't know what happened. He also understood how crazy it sounded that he didn't know what happened, but he really had no idea. <laughs> He knew he didn't do it. I know I didn't kill him, but I don't remember what happened. I know it wasn't me. And the cop was like, well, if you know it wasn't you and you don't remember, (laughs) is it possible you forgot you killed him? And he was like, no, like I didn't kill him. They were like, well, then you remember not killing him, which means you remember someone else doing it. Right. So... In Taylor's room, she was singing pretty much the same exact song. She kept saying she did not know. She doesn't remember, but she was willing to admit that maybe she did it. But, like, she does not think she did. And she has no reason to ever hurt anyone. And she's like, I, if I did that, I think I would know. I think I'd know if I killed a man mm. with my hands, you know? <laughs> so... They ask her if there was anything going on between her and the victim. And she essentially was like, no, that's my boyfriend's friend. I couldn't ever. But then she went on to say that if the cops could produce any evidence of them having been cheating on Rahul together, that she wouldn't deny it. Uh, She was also still quite intoxicated at the time of this interview. uh, (laughs) Is that allowed? Yeah. Wow. Well, she she understood. She said she understood her rights. And she was coherent. Like, she was speaking full sentences. She wasn't, like, clearly impaired. If you're clearly impaired, you can't. There's, like, Sound ground mind. to stand on there. Yeah. But. Ultramental status, whatever. Again, there's all sorts of things about interrogations that are fucked up and not right. But we live in a broken system. So. She also claimed that if she had killed Mark, she wouldn't want Rahul to get in trouble for it. She said that he, she had clearly interacted with, direct quote, the body because she had blood on her, but she wasn't sure when that would have happened. She was like, maybe I touched Mark, maybe I touched Rahul, like, I don't know. Was Rahul hurt at all? No. He was just groaning on the floor? He was just laying on the floor covered in blood, groaning. But he didn't have any, like, visible injuries. Alrighty. Continue. So, she says that she blacked out when they took shots when they got home and only remembers coming to when she heard Rahul screaming at her to call 911. The detectives giving the interview clearly were not getting anywhere with this, so they decided to let Taylor go into Rahul's interview room. They were hoping for some sort of, like, panic confession from either of them. But they instead got Rahul being, like, super angry and talking about how he wants to poop. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I want to poop. I want to eat. I'm hungry. (laughs) He said how he wants to poop a lot. He says, I need to take a shit. I got to poop. 
anyway, Taylor like walks into the room and she stands like kind of weirdly off to the side too far away from him. Did they let him use the bathroom? No. It doesn't seem like they did, actually. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe there was a bathroom in the cell and he just wasn't about to use it. But who knows? I don't. I didn't look up like the floor plan of the the, the holding cell. Well, maybe you should have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um. So it's like a quick conversation, super awkward, very much like in the police station while they're both being questioned for murder. Like it's not a comfortable situation to be in. So they're both like, I didn't do it. They're arguing back and forth. Rahul keeps asking Taylor what happened between her and Mark, which is, can be taken a couple different ways. Mm-hmm. And they both say that if that they didn't stab him, Taylor is like, is it out of the question to even ask if we're okay? Like it matters right now. <laughs> Their relationship status, a man is dead. Uh, He's like, yes, but I want to go home. And then he says, I want to poop. So at the end of this disaster, Rahul's story changes. He says that he knows he didn't do it because he had confessed earlier to protect Taylor. But he didn't know what was going on. And they were like, well... If you're protecting her, you know what was going on. Like, you saw something to protect her from. Like, what are you doing? These don't add up. So, he eventually says that it's Taylor who killed Mark. He names her explicitly, saying that something happened. He heard Taylor scream, and when he turned to look at her, Mark was dead. The cops did not believe a word of that. (laughs) But he was allowed to call his father. In that phone call, he is asked what happened to get him put into jail. And he says... Mark and I got into a fight and he tried to get a knife and then I got the knife. And then that's kind of all he says about it. But this is immediately after he says that he didn't know what happened and Taylor killed him. He did, I don't know if he knew that they were being recorded on the phone call, but I think it like plays a little message saying it's going to be recorded. But like, who knows? <laughs> Isn't he at the police station? He's at the police station, someone like talking on the phone. Someone, someone could be listening. Be, yeah. Like- <laughs> Not a smart man. No, but he's like, really, he is. Like, he's a biomedical engineering student, like post grad, you know? Well, maybe he, he cheated. He's very drunk. <laughs> he's also, I mean, at this point, like many hours have passed. He's probably pretty sober. He's been talking to cops for hours about the murder of his friend, but uh, maybe not. So the cops, again, they didn't believe him, but they also didn't really believe Taylor. But that didn't stop them from charging Rahul with second-degree homicide. I don't know how Taylor just, like, got up and left after all of that, but, like, she must have because she wasn't held anymore. So she probably was just like, all right. I don't know. Did she get a hotel room? Because she couldn't go home. I don't know. I believed her. I kind of believe her a little bit. I believe her story more than I believe his that changed yep. seven times. Yep. She was at least consistent if lies. she was lying. <laughs> right? The woman who interviewed her definitely believes that she knows what happened, though. Like, she fully is like, she saw what happened there, and hmm. she's lying to us. But at least... But she doesn't believe that she killed her. Or killed, killed him. So, in court, Rahul had further polished his story about how Taylor was the killer. It now included him, like, falling to the ground and hitting his head and waking up to like on the ground with next to his dead friend and then calling Taylor to call 911 and he gets up and he does CPR and he really doesn't know what happened and it's really like a whole ordeal. (laughs) 
it's called I Have Lawyers Now, and we right. came up with a story and a defense. Taylor, when called to the stand, had absolutely no new information. She still did not remember anything at all. So the jury heard all of the evidence, went on to deliberate, and less than one full day later decided that Rahul Gupta was guilty of the murder of Mark Waugh. Taylor was not charged, so she was completely uninvolved in the eyes of the cops. And I get, there's like a whole thing where he, in appeals, like gets to argue that he thinks that, what were his arguments? He thought that he'd asked for a lawyer and he wasn't given one, but they determined that he didn't ask for a lawyer properly. And then he complains that there was ex parte communication between the judge and one of the jurors, but the juror was like trying to go away for a conference and it was like completely irrelevant to the case. Mm -hmm. It was more like, are you going to be here tomorrow or not? So that was thrown out. And they also argued that the judge was like being impartial in his, a couple of his rulings, but the judge was like, no, I, I did fine. I made all of the right decisions. <laughs> and they were like, great. And so he's still in jail for, for life because he killed his friend, which I think he did. He did. I think he did because she's like 5'3", 120. And wasted. Wasted. Like drunk. Like, like, like in the video of her walking into the apartment, she like has to lean against the wall and like, like she just wanted some bagel bites and to play <laughs> Mario Kart like yeah honestly and maybe make out with her hot for a friend cuz she's drunk <laughs> I mean she said like what had happened was that she brought up she wanted to talk about the the fourth friend that they left behind and like I wasn't cheating like you, like come on Mark like you know what happened like I wasn't I wouldn't do that to you. And that's probably when Mark was like, I got to pee and like ran off and texted his friend was like, this is horrible. Please get me out of here. Yeah. <laughs> They're fighting in front of me and I'm trapped here because I had too much to drink and I can't drive home. <laughs> 2013 Uber doesn't exist yet. Like, please help. Brutal. So who knows? He's, he was murdered and that sucks a lot, but that was the murder by probably Raul Gupta of Mark Waugh. Also, Taylor Gold was there. <laughs> Can you believe this shit? No. No? No. What do you think happened, though? I, uh, I don't know. Maybe Taylor's think, a witch. You think she just, she spontaneously murdered him? She came into her powers and was like, <gasps> and then, like, had switched everything around, and then, like, he she doesn't like, know what happened. She but, like, hexed she, Raul. Because uh, she's a hex girl. He done the murder. She also changed out of her dress. But he doesn't remember before the police came? Before the cops got there. Mm. So, like, when? Hmm. You know? Because if she was on the phone the whole time. Was the clothes she dressed out of covered in blood? Not really. Okay. Not more than the clothes that she changed into were. <laughs> what do you mean when she changed her dress? She probably, her dress is probably uncomfortable. Yeah, but it had blood on it. So, like, it was clearly on her at the time of said incident. Oh. Or she at least rubbed blood all over it. Maybe she just took it off haphazardly and it was in the stream of fire. Remember, it's a studio. Yeah. <laughs> the stream of fire. <laughs> you know, actually, you you don't know. Very possible. There was blood all over this, all over everything. Yeah, it was blood on Mario Kart. Yep. Blood on the bagel bites. Yeah. Blood on the dance floor. I want well, bagel bites. I see that that's what's happening here. 
Anyway. Well, today, um, well, um, that's that's our, that's our show. <laughs> that's all, folks. Um, how do we? Today we had um, Phineas Gage. Oh, Phineas Gage, and then I had he got tamped. He gets, <laughs> I had Bobby Dunbar who got replaced, cl- clamped. Yeah, God. By an alligator? Who knows? Probably. That's rough. And yeah. we also had the murder of Mark Waugh by Rahul Gupta? Question mark. Taylor Gold? Probably not. You know? (laughs) Can I just say that every time in your story when you said Julia Anderson, I thought Julie Andrews. And every time that you said Mark Waugh, I thought Mark Mark Wahlberg. Thank you. W-A-U-G-H. And you didn't think about Phineas and Ferb from my story? (laughs) You know what I sure did? Because you know what Dominic and I I watched earlier today? Phineas and Ferb? No. We watched How to Make the... Which one is... Perry the Platypus Perry the Platypus noise. Oh, how do you do it? I don't know. It's like... It's something like that. I don't it's know. like a teeth chatter. It's like a 13-year-old. It's like, you grab your throat, and then you do this, and it's like, my name is Riley. And the, I used yeah. to be able to talk like Donald Duck. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try, but I don't I can know laugh like SpongeBob. Bah. Wait, hold on. Bah. Bah. Like that. That's not right. It's sort of like that. Oh, no, 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 no. It's bah. probably accurate. It's just not right. You know? <laughs> That's how he does it. No. You can't. Can you please? Anything? Oh, my God. Please say hi. I'm Stitch. No. <gasps> okay, so um, Earl, I love that. As a- <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling the police. <laughs> I'm calling 911. <laughs> I'm calling the 911 musical. Come from away. The 912 musical. <laughs> Wrong. Well, I don't think they're open this late. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on all our social medias at CYBSPod. That's C-Y-B-S-P-O-D. Do not look that. <laughs> C-Y-B-S-P-O-D. We have a Facebook. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. We have so many social medias. Come follow us. Um, <laughs> share it. You can also email us at CanYouBelievePod at gmail.com. That's CanYouBelievePod at gmail.com. Great, we did it. Phenomenal. As always, Mothman is out there, and Mothman will fight you in the streets. Will fight you in the streets, but only if you ask nicely, and if you really want it. Because he wants to live in America. (laughs) Don't sue us, please. (laughs) Despite everything, despite what we just put you through, have it in have it in your heart not to sue us. I want Donald's. We end every podcast with the McDonald's theme song. (laughs) I'm loving it, you guys. What if that was the McDonald's? (laughs) I would have killed myself. I'm loving it, you guys. Whoa, welcome to McDonald's. Hello, welcome to Donald's. (laughs) But I'm loving it. (laughs) 